Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are listening to Civic Cipher. Yes, indeed. Um, very special episode today. We don't get to say that very often. What's going on? We are two years old today. Well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm 40, but then on, okay, so October. I'm, I'm 42. You're right. You know what? Let me, I should probably re-say that. Well, the show. Okay. The show is two years old Now, Now I follow. Because I go is two. And then, (laughs) if you round up, because my birthday's coming up, (laughs) it'll be, I'll be like 41. Yeah, there you go, man. So, uh. Today, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate a lot of what has happened uh, in the past year, in the past two years um, that we've been on the air. Um, And we'll probably do a whole lot of thanking to you, our listeners, for supporting us. Um, You know, that's saying something to have a radio show grow this big and be sustained and fortified by a listenership, you know, a base of, of people that just tune in every week to listen to what we got going on and what we want to talk about. We know we deal with heavy t- uh, topics and subjects and so forth. So to have that support um, and to just be championed by you means a lot to us. So stick around. We will be discussing again some of the more um, positive things that have happened as a result of. Uh, of you know all of our combined efforts not just us but yours and other great organizations um uh so we're going to look at the progress there we're going to also uh spend some time discussing black media um you know our show wouldn't exist if not for you know the starting point was the freedom journal the first black owned and operated newspaper in the united states so we're going to spend some time talking about that as well but, uh, you know, we like to start off with some ebony excellence. So, Q, how's that sound? Shall we? We shall. Um, this week's ebony excellence is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Media. And the story comes via Sports Illustrated. I think you might know what's coming. We are going to celebrate some more black girl magic like we like to do around here by talking about Serena Williams. So, I will read a bit. Um, We knew it was time for the queen goat, Serena Williams, to lay down her racket. She remains victorious in winning our hearts because she's the greatest of all time. 22 major championships later, several close calls for an additional title. Injuries, disappointments, uh, marriage, and motherhood. It was a 41-year-old body to have the final scene. Um, Many young black girls have been watching her resilience and competitive nature, wondering if they could one day possess the heart of Serena serena williams and will forever look up to her congratulations serena williams and family especially king richard queen mother sisters brother and of course venus you all made many across the world extremely proud from compton england france to spain africa to australia williams family reigns women's tennis royalty supreme serena please continue to hold court wherever you may be you see you're still our queen for forever and a day Serena Williams, definitely the greatest of our all time, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, for those that don't know, she has retired at the end of a very celebrated career. And she is the living embodiment of excellence, being committed to um, not just your craft, but to who you are, standing firm in the middle of yourself, owning your blackness, championing your blackness in spaces where it's sometimes difficult, challenging, um, etc. And if we can, 
we will take this moment to salute you, Serena Williams. You are absolutely ebony excellence. And uh, if all goes well, the rest of the show is going to sound just like that. I know I'm excited because we don't often get to have sort of a celebratory tone around here. But again, turning two years old is really something special. Um, I want to remind you that this show, we didn't expect this to happen, right? We didn't expect to, you know, this wasn't, we didn't have like a master plan, right, Q? <laughs> I mean, that's the, the part of the story that I, that I stress the most. Yeah. Because of the way things worked out, it seems like some stroke of genius mm-hmm. that we fled radio to start our own fledgling, fledgling media empire. And it's like, no. There was no plan. There was no exit strategy. Mm -hmm. You know, we stood on principle. We stood on our compass and made the decision that we had to make. Just by grace that things worked out. Mm -hmm. And we're in a space now where, you know, celebrating two years later just seems really improbable because. Given how we started. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know if we've ever told this part of the story out loud, but I sat at Rams's dining room table. And watched tears stream down his face as he said goodbye to not just a career. A lot of people have jobs and careers, but media, radio, and broadcasting was Ramses's life. And because our people were being misrepresented and for what it meant to our culture that our home and radio told us no on the basis that what we were trying to do was black. Mm-hmm. without hesitation Ramses said no and you guys have to understand there's a moment where it's like yo bro did I make the right decision here sure yeah and I'm like you made the only decision that you could make thank you for that Q you know what I'm saying so that it worked out and that all these opportunities have presented themselves now if you don't know that part of the story it just looks like a stroke of genius like man that's dope what y'all did how y'all went and started civic ciphering told them to you know, they knew what they could do. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like no, we did not know that. We had no idea. You know, and, and for those of you who may not know the story, we tell the story from time to time, but for those who don't know in brief, basically Q and I are broadcasters. We have a hip-hop background. We're DJs. Uh, we work in radio. Uh, during the protest of 2020, we went to our old employer and says, hey, we'd like to do a show that really speaks to the issues on the street. There's some people that we'd like to interview, et cetera. And after some roundabout, you know, misleading conversations, they ultimately said that they didn't want to do a black show. And this is when we decided to leave on principle, as Q mentioned. Um, and we resigned to the city rather than to the station. We wrote the letter to the city, um, just letting everyone know that this is why we would not be heard on the radio anymore. And uh, what we were trying to do was for them. We were trying to give them an hour a week just to at that time it was a half hour a week so that, you know, we could tell our own stories and we could challenge what, you know, channel 12 was reporting as a riot, which wasn't a riot because again, we were out on the street, you know, this, we felt the need for that. So, you know, to go from a moment where it's like, okay, this chapter of my life is over. All of the tickets I gave away, all the listeners that grew up listening to me on the radio, all of the, you know, it's, it, I tried my best the whole time I was a broadcaster for for that 
part of my career to not let that define me, to not let that become a part of my entity, uh, identity rather. But there's no escaping. There's no escaping that when you've done it for that long, it just beca- it's second nature. It's as natural as breathing. And I'm, so I've always been blown away every time you remind me. Because you question that even like in the wake of that decision, you're like, man, that is a part of my identity. And it blows me away that you didn't want that because you, you I saw the time that you committed to being good at it. So I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, how are you going to do this this well and it not be a part of your identity? It's, it seemed, you know what I mean? Like I watched you commit more hours than anyone yeah. to being good at that. It's a mamba mentality. Son. You know what I mean? I, I often <laughs> told you, and I joke with you even to this day, it's like a magician watching you work in that space yeah. so that you commit that much time to being good at it while also hoping that it didn't become a part of your identity yeah. seemed. You know what it is though, Q? So, and this probably is indicative of, I I will say indicative of at least a facet of the black experience um, in this country, at least. But I think it's also indicative of anyone's experience under capitalism, where you're in a corporate environment, you know, and you are at the bottom or in the middle, right? Or even at the top in some instances, but certainly the bottom and the middle. So going into radio you know 2005 was when i first got a chance to uh, broadcast and it was uh kkfr in phoenix which we're on now uh so shout out to uh dj complex and uh my man eric over there we you know complex, we, we all we go back you. yeah we all go back so anyway um yeah <laughs> uh but yeah complex eric valdez all these guys um they were doing power when i first uh, got over there um, in 05. And so when you first get into radio, you realize how volatile the industry is. And there's lots of industries that are very volatile. You, tomorrow's not promised in corporate America, period. We all know that layoffs happen. We all know, you know, whatever. Well, radio is particularly, um, I don't know if insidious is the right word, but you get what I'm trying to say. Um, so being the best kind of helps you to fortify your position, but it in no way guarantees a tomorrow 50%, you know, you might increase your odds by 50%, but it's not going to guarantee anything. Um, And so I didn't want it to become a part of my identity because I knew that it could go away at any point in time, you know, and I, I, at the same time, I doubled down so that it would not go away. And then over time, it becomes a part of your identity. I say that to say that walking away from it, was obviously very emotional. You know, um, I, I've shed tears on this show before. So if, you, if you're a longtime listener, you know that this is a very emotional place. Um, we have to tell real stories. We deal with life. We deal with death. We deal with heavy topics here. And so I have no, there's no shame in me letting you know that I obviously had, I lost it a couple of times having to walk away from how I fed my family, what my, made my family really proud of me and my friends and so forth knowing that I would probably never talk on a microphone again. And I know that you felt the same weight of that, but I know you were kind of just moving with me and I'll never, ever be able to thank you enough for supporting me. You know, I knew that you, I know that you would. And just like I'd support you. Yeah, you and I have been friends for a hundred no years. So. There was no other version of it though. There right. was no version where that decision was being made. 
you know, in a vacuum with you by yourself. Like yeah. that wasn't, that was a us decision. Sure. Sure. That I'd been disappointed if you felt like you couldn't <laughs> make the decision because you didn't know which direction I'd lean. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still important to say it out loud because, you know, even though it's a given, it still represents a sacrifice on your end as well. And so while you're acknowledging that on my part, I want to make sure I say that for you, but you know, to go from essentially zero, well, maybe not zero, but you know, we had some people who had, they had come to know our names, um, but zero, no career, no, no, nothing, you know, no pr promise of tomorrow to now having a radio show that's on from the Atlantic ocean to the Pacific ocean, you know, we're as far North as, you know, uh, upstate New York. I think we're on in a station in a couple stations in Vermont, you know, so as far north as in Vermont and it's, you know, obviously we're as far south as San Diego, you know, we crisscross the whole country now after two years and obviously tons of support, um, most of which comes from our listeners is extremely humbling and, it, and we're really grateful. And this is a very um, invigorating time in our careers and in our lives because now rather than asking you to listen to the next commercial break and um you know giving away concert tickets or you know doing celebrity gossip or things like that we feel like we talk about things that really matter um granted it's heavy stuff but again we really feel like it matters and there's another part of this too and i while we're here talking about this i do want to say it I'm I'm not one of the, I'm not the most spiritual person in the world. That's not my way. Um, but you know, sometimes there are things that happen that kind of make me feel like perhaps I have some favor with some sort of higher intelligence, higher power. And obviously having, you know, you Q um and having such a storied career alongside you. Um, our producer, uh, Maggie B. Nolan, uh, coming to the table and really helping lend that voice that we really needed um, in, in terms of writing our scripts, making sure that we account for things that we might have overlooked. You know, um, we we can't articulate the pain that a mother might feel. You know, we can't, you know, there's certain things we can't do. Um, but there's some other things that really, in hindsight, makes me feel like this was sort of... Um, there, there was some there was some perhaps intelligent design behind this path um one of which is you know uh, you mentioned this this is a really small thing but it's not insignificant to me is that we had a treasure trove of aesthetic elements that would really help us build out the show frame it and then sell it to radio stations but i think a more important more foundational thing that happened was we told the story before, so forgive me if you've heard it, but prior to us being told that uh, our old station didn't want to do a, quote, black show, and it's a hip-hop station, they didn't want to do a black show, huh? Prior to being told that, Q reached out to me. Um, you know, once upon a time, I had not done a lot of traveling in the U.S., only international travel, and um, I had an opportunity to go with Q to help him drive back a car. I think we went to go get your, some fancy car that Q has. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Porsche, that was what it was. 
anyway, we, it was in Florida and of course we're based in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And so he's like, Hey man, you want to fly with me and drive the car back? And remember it's COVID at the time, you know, no one's outside. It's a way to get out of the house and check off a few States, which now I've obviously been in all 50 States I've famously talked about that on the show as well. But at the time I had been to, you know, four States or whatever. So this was a chance for me to, you know, travel through the South, um, the Southern part of the U S and coming back to the, to the city, um, coming back to Phoenix, we were pulled over in Mississippi and we, because remember at the time you got to think George Floyd had just gotten killed, Breonna Taylor, you know, Ahmaud Aubrey, we're, we're, the country is dealing with these in real time. And then we get pulled over in the middle of the night in the darkest back road in Mississippi on our way to Louisiana. I need to add just for those who are listening to us mentally, you know, the darkest place that you thought of when he said that? Nah, it was darker. Than it was that. way darker than that. There was no moonlight. There was no moon. The <laughs> trees, the trees were so big and so the the the, the greenery around us was so dense yeah. that moonlight couldn't get through. Yeah, it was, it not- was dark. And then all you hear is that Mississippi accent coming from behind you. And we've told the story on the show, but anyway, this. Uh, was an experience that Q and I both lived through. We went on, I, they pulled Q out of the car. Obviously the outcome were fine. They did it for no reason, but they pulled Q out of the car. We were pulled over for no reason, really. Um, and certainly not enough reason to get taken out of the car, but I had my phone on uh, Facebook and I was live. doing a Facebook live. And because we were bumping outcast driving through Mississippi and Alabama, you know, my battery was dead. So I'm on Facebook Live. Everyone sees there's police behind me. Um, everyone knows that we've been out protesting, you know, this, that, and the other. They don't, they don't know that we, we're in Mississippi. They have no idea where we are. Um, and, you know, obviously, if something happens, we can't upload a, a video. So I got to go live. And then my phone dies. So all they see is Q walking backwards to the sound of a voice. And I'm in the car. And then I, and they come and pull me out of the car. And I'm like, oh, God. And, and then my phone goes As off. Ramses is getting pulled out of the car. The phone died. Yeah, man, that was a scary time. So but. needless to say, once his phone got some battery, it might have been 50-something messages. It's probably more than that, yeah. People were very upset. But that served as sort of a foundational experience that helped us launch the show off. And so I say that there were certain things that felt like divine placements in our life. And, you know, to whatever it is that has set us on this path, um, maybe it's a collective consciousness. Maybe there is something greater that we don't know about. That's not for me to speak on. Um, I just want to take this moment to say that I'm very grateful to be able to share some of these things that I'm going to share with you um, that have taken place over the past couple of years. So without further ado, let's talk about some positive things um, since we've been on the air. So uh, one thing that is I think very, very uh, important and was very much pivotal is that Donald Trump was voted out and he relinquished his post <laughs> relatively peacefully. Relative, uh, relative, I know January 6th, but relative, I mean, he could have did a lot did worse. He did not relinquish his post and it was not peaceful. Well, okay. If if I'm gonna do anything for y'all that can hear, there was no voice, civil war. That's what I'm trying not to say. Let that get off. Okay, okay. He didn't then relinquish then you say it better than me. Go ahead, say it, it better. It was not peaceful. Well, either way, he's gone. 
How about that? Amen. Um, and obviously for us that subscribe to uh, the notion that black people are valuable and special and precious and that our lives are uh, valuable and, and our lives have worth, um, Donald Trump and really his base being sort of galvanized behind, you know, reclaiming America and, and you know, uh, kind of getting off these strange, bizarre ideas about them, you know, being replaced and, you know, all this sort of strange stuff that puts a target on our back, black people, brown people, anyone who's not white, Christian, you know, heterosexual, you know, that sort of person. Um, to have him out of office, that's a, obviously a huge thing. And that has happened since we've been on the air. Um, COVID. You know, we had to deal with COVID, you know, for, we had a few episodes. We're still, dealing we're still, with we're still dealing with it, but the, the worst of it, you know, the, in terms of the numbers, the death numbers and so forth, that feels like it's largely behind us. Um, and we had to do a couple of shows where we tried to do some convincing, um, uh, of, of black people to really get vaccinated, you know, and we had to take into account that black people's history in this country especially insofar as it relates to the government and uh, the government performing, you know, uh, untested or, you know, not fully fleshed out medical solutions on black populations as a way of experimenting to kind of see what the effect on a human body would be before they release or alter formulas or whatever. I'm alluding to the Tuskegee experiments. Um, which are harmful experiments that the United States government is documented performing on black people had to apologize for. Um, and they were doing it just to see what the outcomes would be. Yeah. I wish we'd have been effects. a bit more well-versed in that precedent though, because it was kind of the opposite. They were denied treatment and, and things that, and medicine. Yeah. And that was, it. that was really what it was yeah. with the Tuskegee experiments, and, but and we were denying ourselves yeah. a life-saving vaccination right. based on as a result of just that very right. very little information the fears were justified we just didn't do a lot of due diligence right and right. a lot of misinformation was passed on to us very easily because of that but um we're here on like i said on the other side of the peak um of covid so that is something that i believe is very much a positive outcome um there's been a not insignificant amount of focus on policing. And obviously there's been some legislation that's been passed uh, with respect to how policing is done or should be done in theory um, since George Floyd's murder. So before George Floyd, you have to remember there were police killings, police shootings, there were shooting children. It was, you know, this sort of thing was had black children was happening over and over and over again. We were paying attention to it. We we did talk about that on the radio when we were doing uh, Radio Solstice, our, our old show that we were doing. We talked about that stuff over and over again, every time we could. Um, and after George Floyd and after the sentencing of Derek Chauvin, um, we started to see some changes. So that was something that was um, positive. We, we still have a long way to go. I'm not going to pretend like it's all roses and all that stuff, but... Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm grateful to have seen progress in our time on the air. Um, and, you know, there has been 
some cities who have taken police resources, fiscal resources, and reallocated them. It's not a full defunding of the police, but it's some something. some cities unfortunately have doubled down. Some and now, unfortunately, the president is talking crazy. But um, Which you know, tries to take some of the juice out of us voting the other dude out. Yeah, but, this dude be tripping. But, and now we have to hope that we turn out again to keep them there it's right strange. you know what i mean because yeah. it's been some very discouraging outcomes in the in the wake of the worst human being that's ever held the, i can't say he's the worst human being that ever held the office because i'm sure we had some back in the day dippity doodahs back in <laughs> yeah but in my lifetime the worst person you know people get on the political side and the presidential part i don't care how good or bad a president he was sure he was an awful human being there it is and, you know, that, that I think that further shows why, you know, the student loan thing was, you know, I, I, I get that it helps folks. I just don't love feeling like it could be sort of a political tool to, you know, bolster some some additional votes. But this is what we got. And it's better than what we could have had, in my opinion. So, again, some more positive outcomes to focus on.